On December 18th, 2011, 23-year-old Phoenix Cauldron got into a car, drove away from home, and has never been seen again. Did she run away from a strict household, or did she run into someone wanting to do her harm? Today, we discuss the theories on what happened to Phoenix Cauldron. Some of my content has mention of extreme violence, sexual assault, and or other triggering content. Discretion is advised. Hey guys, uh, we're back. We're switcherooing again. Um, so our, our last recording was flipped. She yep. was she was uh, color commentary. I was research. Mm-hmm. It's time I'm back. My normal chair. Know nothing about this case. <laughs> Just opinions, <laughs> just opinions for me today. And I know way too much about this case. Um, this is a case I've followed for a long time. Um, this is a pretty famous local case. Ooh, it's um, local, okay. Yes, it's St. Louis, Missouri. So for us, we are um, kind of the Casey area. Mm-hmm. Casey uh, metro area. Yeah, so local for us is pretty much anywhere, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, um arkansas stuff like that's pretty local for us yep and then western cases yeah man western not quite crime junkie territory we're not stepping on your territory right crime junkie is don't add us indiana yes yeah so crime junkies do indiana usually for their local cases Mm -hmm. morbid's up in like new york maine area boston right boston the boston the boston i love their accents um (laughs) then i assume bailey's in hollywood I assume. She's, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. She's kind of blown up as a star. She was a makeup artist. I mean, I'm I'm assuming Bailey's probably California at the very least. Maybe New York. I don't know. But she's, yeah, got to be in a big market area, I'm sure. Chef's kiss for (laughs) Bailey. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, Bailey's gorgeous, but like, I, I love like, Bailey's personality, but mm-hmm. I also love like Morbid's personality. Like they are hilarious. Yes. Um, they they're awesome and their perspectives are awesome. And then also like Crime Junkie, same thing. Like that's who you first started listening to. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, really the crazy how hard Ashley works at that stuff. Yeah. And, and Brett too, but like Ashley is like doing multiple different been off podcast is is crazy mm-hmm. so there's just some very kick-ass female gorgeous women up in true crime mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah respect to all of them respect big respect yeah there's not a ton of male. i mean there is male voices um but there's a lot of female voices <laughs> so we didn't intend to get into this but uh this this could be a whole nother episode but and um I know this has been talked about before, but like, I think guys, if you listen to true crime, you're just assumed that you're a murderer. <laughs> it's assumed like, for research right. more than yeah, for, for <laughs> more women, than fun. For women, it's like you're listening to this for self defense because it's usually men perpetrating the crime on women, right? And so, if you're a guy listening to true crime, it's like you're it's like it's a how to, and if you're a woman listening to true crime, it's like how do you protect yourself? And uh, that's not where I come at it from. 
I come at it from a psychological perspective. Like, I don't care. <clears throat> I don't, excuse me. I don't care about how to get away with something. I don't care about doing any of that stuff. I, I care about like what makes people tick. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me to find out what traumas cause things, what um, maybe no trauma causes something, which is even more interesting to me because I'm like, what? If you didn't have any major traumas in your life, what made you do that? Were you just born to that was what you were going to do? Like, right. So, um, just I, I feel like I need to clarify that though, just so everybody knows <laughs> I am not doing this for how to. I am the least violent person you'll ever meet in your entire life. Um, Me, but, on the other hand, <laughs> you're incriminating I'm a yourself book on how to be a zero color. Hey, people have. <laughs> if I did it, <laughs> well, there's, there was the lady that did the. Um, Oh, how to right. kill your husband and get away with it or something like <laughs> she that. She really did. And she really did. Oh, no, 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 no. So there should be like somebody should write a sequel to that book. And like just literally the book is don't write a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably the first step. Whew. Yeah. Um. So last episode we had a lot of murdery stuff kind of happening. I mean, there was a hatchet involved in the first five minutes. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to decode. Um, on this one, we have more of a disappearance. So hearing your intro, I thought of two cases immediately. Okay, I wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. The first case I thought of was one of your your favorite, most interesting ones to you, with Bryce Lapisa. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Lapisa disappeared without a trace. Um, still to this day. Um, then I also thought of Mara Murray, probably because mm-hmm. those are two of the main cases that I know. Yeah. But Mara Murray, uh, in your intro, you said, was she running from a, was, and you, you'll get in the name and stuff, was Phoenix running from um, a, what, how did you phrase that? Bad or, household. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people question with Mara Murray. Right. I think you said strict, right? Yeah. It was a straight, yeah. And Mara Murray was a straight household. So, exactly. Uh, those two popped to mind immediately. And mm-hmm. maybe that's because those are the two main cases I hear, but maybe we're, maybe this is a Mara Murray esque case. It really is. Um, I wanted to really tell um, Phoenix's story because there's a lot, there's a lot going on with Phoenix. She's a very um, complex person which we all are. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her story has a lot of layers and there's a great chance that she is out there. Like she could be watching all these YouTube videos about her, these and documentaries. We about always her. hope there are on the <clears throat> right. ones where we don't know the outcome. Mm-hmm. That's always the hope is that someone is doing good. Mm-hmm. Thriving on some Island, just chilling, like having their best life. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a really good chance that that happened. There's chances that there there was something more here. Um, but Phoenix's story has a lot of layers, and I am just really excited to get into it. All right. So, um, instead, usually I start with the incident. We kind of did that in our little blurb. She disappeared, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know where she is. Um, but today I'm going to start with her background because... 
for Phoenix's story, I want you to feel like you know her. Right. Um, and I feel like I know Phoenix. It's so crazy when you do all this research and you watch all these documentaries and you see these people, you're like, oh, this could have been my best friend. And she is like that. You feel like you could have been her friend. Well, and it's good that this one, so I don't want to say, I don't want to say victim yet because I don't know mm-hmm. where this case is going. I don't know this case, but sometimes we don't get a lot of info on the victims. And this right. time it seems like at least the main person in this case, we should actually get a lot of info on who they are. So that's cool. Right. That's good. So Phoenix Lucille Coldren was born May 23rd, 1988. Her family lived in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. She's about the same age as me. Mm-hmm. I just realized that. Yeah, she's about our age. Um, her parents, Goldia and Lawrence, were deeply involved in Phoenix's life. Phoenix was a beautiful, beautiful girl. She had a huge smile. Um, she was described as kind-hearted, funny, and loved music. She was super smart. She did the sport of fencing, um, which she had a lot of awards in it. And that's not something you hear every day is someone who's an expert in that sport. I don't even know how you get started into it. Right. I'm like, how did she do that? But she was, and she loved it. And I feel like fencing is very disciplined. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so she had to be that way. Yeah. be focused, yeah. Yep. So that says a lot about her personality. Um, She played piano. Um, She was the kind of kid that was always busy in every activity. Um, her and her family were very involved in the church and Phoenix played in the bell choir there. So you have this kid who her parents, I mean, she's their pride and joy. Um, she's their only child. She's in all this stuff, super smart, super beautiful. She had everything, right? I mean, and her parents described her as naive and sheltered. So the family already knows she's a very sensitive girl. So that's weird to me already. Mm -hmm. Like you said naive and sheltered, Mm -hmm. but literally sheltered. (laughs) They are the ones sheltering her. That's what a home is. It's a shelter. Like, (laughs) Like, so are they kind of just saying like they didn't, let her be not, you know, be out, outgoing, or are they saying that she chose not to come out of her shelter kind of thing? I, I, I think with Phoenix, it was her mom expected a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Um, her mom expected her to be naive and sheltered. Um, and so and her focus parents... on activities like right. piano and stuff and not mm-hmm. focus on you know, going out to parties and stuff. Right. And social social activities. Um, yeah. So Phoenix was homeschooled from fifth grade on. So that does say a lot. Her parents Which had is, a good grip on her. It's fine to be homeschooled. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Like no, no disrespect to that, but it, it does, homeschooling does tend to, if you don't also socialize during homeschooling, it, mm-hmm you can become sheltered because of that. Right. Um, And all of her influence was coming from her home. Right. Which sometimes great thing, sometimes not. Um, 
but her parents did put her in all these activities. So she was getting little bits of social, right. social Which things. Is good. Right. And her friends were, there was like a lot of kids in the neighborhood and they always described Phoenix as like, she could sit on her porch. She could sit in her home, but she was not allowed to like go, go to their houses, to the go, go to the play. park, go, you know, she was very like, her house was her school. Mm-hmm. Her house was her shelter. Her family was her everything. Right. Um, and her mother said she loved learning, which I do believe that about Phoenix. I right. think she was smart because she wanted to be smart. Um, her parents stressed the importance of education. Um, she grew up a lot with her family describing like expectations. Mm-hmm. So they expected her to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, her family control what she saw on TV, what she learned, and almost everything about her life. Right. Um, and a lot of that came from religion and the uh-huh. church. Her family was strict, very, very strict, and raised her to follow their directions exactly. Um, in 2007, Phoenix started college. In May of 2011, she moved back home. So between 2007 and 2011, she did go to college. She moved out of the house. Mm -hmm. She had a bit of freedom. Right. Um, Be it that she she didn't move like way out of state. Right. But she had her own stuff. Her mom still kept, you know, the reins pretty tight. Right. And you'll see with, yeah. Stuff like that. You'll see with Goldia. Goldia was in her business. Like, (laughs) Goldia even says in the documentary, she was like, when I went to her house, I was going through her closet. I was going through her medicine cabinet. Like her mom <laughs> kept it, you know, a certain yeah. way. Goldia is Goldia. <laughs> um, and moving back in is not that weird. Right. Like and that happens a lot. Especially in around our generation because it, can't just jump out and afford houses now. Right. It's yeah. not that easy. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I live with my parents, so I kind of get it in right. a way. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a long story, but yes, right. in a way. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's get to the timeline of the day of the disappearance, and then we'll go a little bit more back into who Phoenix was. Okay. So this is the day she disappeared. Um, Phoenix and her family were sharing a car while her parents' car was in the shop. So they all lived together, so they kind of were sharing a car. Um, At 11 a.m., Phoenix and her mother, Goldia, go to church together. They stop at the store, and then they return home about 2 p.m. According to her dad, Phoenix was shooting hoops in the back of the house. Um, She came in, but the basketball went, like, out in front of the car, so she like went, she got it, but she also went and got in the car and started talking on the phone. Gotcha. <laughs> so I think like this was her like little excuse, like yeah, like oh I you know basketball, I guess I'll make a call too. Right, and she Get away. she was described as doing this a lot, where she would go to her car to talk to people. Right, that was her safe space. Right. You know, that was her little freedom. Um, (laughs) so this wasn't super unusual. He saw her in the driveway. Um, and then at 3 PM, she backs out of the driveway. Um, now I wanted to point out that she did not go back inside to get anything. She had played basketball. 
the basketball went out in the driveway. She got in the car, talked on the phone, nice. and then she left. Right. So she wasn't going back in to get anything. Um, she did not tell her dad where she was going. She just left. Which in runaway cases, usually they would pack something. Right. Or take something. Or take something, all of that. Unless she was pre-packed, I guess. Yes. Um, all of Phoenix's social media accounts, her bank account, everything stopped from that moment. So there's no, um, no trace, no really. trace of her going to the bank and taking out money like Mara Murray did. Right. For example. Um, so when she doesn't return home, even the next day, her mom was like, uh-uh. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> she calls police. Um, St. Louis police come to the home. The state tells Goldia, she's a grown adult. Your daughter is a grown adult. She can be gone for 24 hours. Right. Um, and Goldia says, like, I, she even tells the police, she goes, I expect you to make a report on my daughter. Like, yeah. she was very adamant that. See, it's, I'm weird on this, this part. Cause like, yes, that is true. She's a grown adult. She can do what she wants. She can be gone 24 hours. But at the same point in time, if a family is reporting irregular behavior mm -hmm. from what she normally does, I still think that's like cause to look into it. Right. But I don't feel like most, I don't, I don't feel like that's what most police departments do or are required to do. Mm hmm. So that would be somewhere where I would almost hope things would change a little bit law-wise. Like, yes, you're an adult, but like, you know, like if if you got a call from my work saying that I never showed up to work and I never told anybody from my work that I mm -hmm. wasn't coming in, you would immediately get concerned. Uh, yeah. Because I don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. I'll at least tell somebody if I'm not going to be there. Right. So... I just think that, yeah, if, if the family notices some irregular behavior, I think it should be reported. Right. Exactly. And I think there's another level here because with Goldia and Phoenix's relationship, there is a certain amount of fear. Um, Phoenix was scared of her mom. She was scared yeah. of the consequences. She was scared of disappointing her mom. Right. And so for her not to, you know, come back. That's, was concerning. That's where um, they made me think of Mara Murray because yeah. they they painted it, and I'm not saying it was this way, but they painted it like Mara Murray was scared of her dad. Right. That she, part of that story was that she was scared that she had wrecked a car and her dad would be angry. Mm -hmm. We need to do Mara Murray. I guess. I'm excited about Mara Murray. Um, so this is where I want to stop and talk about Goldia. Um, when you see her speak in interviews, like this is a tough woman she demands respect from literally everyone um when she says she was strict on phoenix like she means it mm -hmm. um she says she was rough on her she expected her daughter to sit up straight don't be loud don't show too much skin Bye. right be neat and ladylike <laughs> that is what goldie expects <laughs> of you <laughs> You know what's funny is I'm I'm in my 30s and I just did that and my back popped. Right. <laughs> I was just like it was like oh I'm so sorry <laughs> sorry back I can't handle it. Right. Um. And Goldia says the Lord comes first and then family. So she was this woman like you see her in interviews and you're like 
yes ma'am yeah. like <laughs> even i like kind of folded into myself a little yeah um so yeah and i'm kind of like kind of on the fence right now with Goldia mm -hmm. because i don't she loves phoenix it's she not, really does it's, it's a place of love bad. Like, right it's it's okay to be strict yeah but, i mean there are times where being straight goes too far but i mm -hmm. hard to tell if that happened because she I mean, like you said it does sound like she loves her it does sound like she's just trying to protect her kid just mm -hmm. trying to it's like some some parents i'm i'm almost envisioning it like some parents try to like as a parent you kind of try to guide your kid down the right path mm -hmm. but it's kind of how wide you make the path right like if you let them kind of you know go all over the place a little bit or if you're or like goldia it sounds like it's like yeah. this is the path yeah you're on the straight and narrow you you don't have much wiggle room to go outside of the path right um and i'm not saying one method's right or wrong mm -hmm. but it does has how it feels is you've got your path <laughs> right and i think when i when i look at phoenix i think she wanted to be good i think she wanted to impress her mother i think right. she she wasn't doing bad things like yeah. phoenix was not out there doing horrible stuff yeah i think she wasn't killing anybody she was i think a lot of kids go out to their car and talk and you think they're probably right. like saying something real bad right my guess for her is like she's like hey i'm gonna ditch piano practice you know? <laughs> like it, it didn't i don't yeah. get the event the um i don't get the vision that she's stepping out to do big bad things like she's yeah. doing a few things that that that's how i picture it mm -hmm. i don't think she's going like really rebelling against her mom hard at this point yeah and i don't think she had the time to right <laughs> i mean to be honest like i just don't think she did some it is important to mention though some people do rebel really hard against really strict um, yes i've i've known so many um people that were um known preachers kids i've known you know uh people that were really high up in the church and really conservative really strict families that they about their college age went on a wild streak mm -hmm. and they're like they're like i have freedom to do whatever i want and then you know eventually they do come back around to being like okay i get why you're doing what you're doing <laughs> but yep. um and so far no signs that that's what's happening yep so we have her reported missing and goldia is on the cops she made business um she he said that the cop was in the documentary he said he ran the license plate for the car nothing came up so he's kind of like there's not much i can do lady i don't know what and you want me came to do up as in like it was not reported as being stolen or found or something right okay not not stolen not found we don't know where the car is we don't know where she is they assume she's just a college kid she's just she'll be back yeah um so the next two weeks they searched they made flyers they called hospitals there was just no sign of her she just up and vanished I'm sure the police were sitting there going, like, every time Goldia called, they were just like, oh, This lady again. They're, like, pointing at each other. You get it. You get yeah. it. <laughs> because you know when she called, they were like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Like, <laughs> yes. What have you done today? 
Tell yeah. me everything that you've done to find her today. Which that's how I expect people to be when their kids go missing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, you should be on everybody. You should be going the news. You should be doing absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And it came from a place of love, for sure. Right. Um, at the two-week missing mark, they finally find Phoenix's car. Um, it was in a tow yard in East St. Louis. Which, okay, so I've... I've been to East St. Louis. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about it. So a little story, a family story time. Um, So back in my day, (laughs) when I was a kid, we did not have Google Maps. We didn't have any of that stuff. We had a thing called MapQuest. Mm -hmm. In MapQuest, you would print out your directions, right? And then you had maps. So this is all paper, right? You don't have internet traveling with you. And we had a map of Missouri because St. Louis is in Missouri. My mom, wanted, uh, being the photographer that she is, wanted to take pictures of the river. So we go over the Missouri River. And when you cross the Missouri River, you go to East St. Louis and you end up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. We don't have an Illinois map. <laughs> so we are lost in East St. Louis. And East St. Louis has one of the highest crime rates in the country yep um and it is it gets bad real quick in a lot of places in east st louis um so we we had a short excursion in (laughs) east st louis um we ended up getting back because we followed the budweiser truck because my dad said they're probably going back to the brewery in st louis so let's follow them and that's how we got out of east st louis (laughs) but my story about that is we we were there and we saw, you know, people people stereotype poor neighborhoods mm-hmm. as high crime. You know, like oh, it's poor, so it's high crime. Mm-hmm. It's different when you see, you actually see weapons, right? Like if you see somebody with a weapon, it that that's different. Right. Mm Because then you're like, all right, that's if you're comfortable and not even concealed carrying at that point, just carrying like you feel like you need to protect yourself because it's obviously a place where it's not safe. So my point in all that is East St. Louis, not a good place to have found her car. Yes. Um, And the research definitely backs up what Drew is saying. Like this is a crime hub. This is a part right by Highway 70, which is the interstate known for sex trafficking in America. Mm. So she's right off of this highway. I don't like that. This this area, I mean, is bad and drug-fueled, violence-fueled. It is a bad area where her car was found. Um, And what's interesting about all this (laughs) is that car was found at 5.30 that very day. Now, she left her house Ooh. at 3. Ooh. So let's well, talk about that, how this happened. I mean, before that, though, um, Goldia had to have been heated. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I don't, yeah. I don't blame her. I would have been, too. But you think, <clears throat> like, she's calling as much as she was probably calling. And for mm-hmm. that to not, which we've talked before, um, police departments don't do great about crossing jurisdictions that's exactly how all this happened. yeah it's going from it's going from illinois to missouri mm-hmm. so that's a 
full state difference. Right. Not to mention that there's just different jurisdictions. Like, but from Goldia's perspective, I would be livid, and I'm yeah. sure, sure she was. Right. And what we also had was this was not a stolen car. This and, was just man, an abandoned and a half car. Hours, like, it takes two and a half hours to get anywhere in St. Louis. Yeah, like, exactly. That's not much time. Right. It seems like she went there, she walked out of her car, and then the car was found. Like, it, it literally, it's, it's, the timeline like, yeah. is not big. Right. Um, so, I mean, this is three hours after Phoenix left home. So we have from 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Like, what happened in that time span? Um, when her mother gets the car, she explains that they told her it was found in the traffic lane, engine running, keys in the ignition, and the driver's door was open. So the traffic lane. So it was literally... Just stopped. But it was also, like, on a, a road or, like, a highway or something. Yes. Maybe but not this a highway, was... but, like, a, at least a, some form of a road. Yes. It was not on the highway. It's a section off of the highway. It was parked on a road. Like, what I envision it is, and this was how it kind of looked in the documentary, was the highway is right here. Right. And you have that, like, little off-ramp Which, road. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of places, at least here in the Midwest, that do that, that have the road that runs parallel to it. Yes. And it's just like a little off-ramp road, mm-hmm. and there was just a stop sign there, and it was just right there. So immediately, I'm wondering if she got carjacked. I mean, but that's that's they, what her family thought, too. But not carjacked in the fact that they stole the car, obviously. They right. took her. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to repeat this again because this is important. Okay. Um, her car was found in the traffic lane. It was not over on the side. It was in the lane, engine running, keys in the ignition, driver's door wide open. Right. So I want you to get a picture of that. Yep. Um, there was some belongings found in the car, including her shoes. And, um, I go into talking about how dangerous this part of town is. Like, why is she there? That's my thing. Like we talked about this is this is a high crime area. This is a young girl who comes from a strict home in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Why is she downtown in this area? Stopped here. So, Why here? I mean, to me it, it makes me wonder if she didn't get carjacked somewhere else and taken here. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. Cuz I don't know you know, like sometimes carjackings and stuff, they get in the car with the person, they force them to drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something like that. Um, I don't know why this popped into my head too. What, what, um, how, what year are we looking at on this? Like, this is recent, fairly 2013, recent. 2013, I believe. 2011. Okay. okay, so I don't know what. I don't know what dating sites were looking like back in 2011. Maybe they were just starting, but I kind of wondered if it was like one of those things too, or she was maybe somebody. met somebody and and we've known before that you know meeting somebody on a dating site could be dangerous because you don't know the person exactly so i mean that that person could have been a bad person got in the car with her i I don't know i'm i'm throwing out theories Mm -hmm. um so here where we find the car this two weeks after she went missing when we find the car this is where we start to see a rift between the police and the family like you said goldia is po'd like why didn't you help me um, the parents don't believe that St. Police, St. Louis police took this case seriously at all. And it didn't sound like initially they did. Right. Like they, I bet they were after a few days, mm-hmm. but I, I bet the first part they just said, this is just a kid being a kid. Right. 
Um, so the big question people had was, why was her car not found earlier? We kind of went through that. There's different jurisdictions, this Missouri and Illinois. Mm -hmm. And it was also listed in as abandoned car, not a stolen one. So those are the reasons it came up <laughs> Okay. the way that it did. I don't like the abandoned car part. That makes me a little mad because... Mm -hmm. You don't abandon a running working car with the, the door middle, wide with open. The door open in the middle of the actual road where people are driving. Like yeah. not even on the shoulder. Like right. just in the middle of the road. Like you don't that's not abandoning a car. That is some kind of a kidnapping carjack something. Like you right. it's like like what do they think she did? Just jump out of it while I was moving and just let the thing roll <laughs> down the road? Like what right. what <laughs> how in what way is that abandoned? But, yeah. All right. Sorry. That, no, it's okay. That classification, I don't like it. You're going to get mad a lot in this case. <laughs> I'm sure. Here we go. Um, so I want to talk about the big issue in this overall case. And this has a lot to do with everything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and that is the issue of race. So Phoenix and her family is black. Mm -hmm. And I have screamed this at the top of my lungs since I started this channel that people of color don't get the same treatment by police or the media. Yep. And this is one of those cases where you see it just hit you in the face. Yeah. Um, they ruled her as a runaway very quickly. Um, they basically didn't look at all the signs that pointed to foul play. They said she's a runaway. She, they labeled this girl who had no criminal history who was straight laced to the point of like <laughs> i mean her mom made her sit up straight and do fencing and piano and right all kinds of stuff. i mean yeah i straight a student i mean I, so those are very those things are very like you said very discipline oriented they're also very not a lot. I can't afford to have a piano piano in my house. Yeah. So not a lot of people do that. It's kind of an affluent sport, I guess, is a, a yeah. fencing affluent sport. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm mad. I'm trying to bite my tongue, mm -hmm. but I hate that. Yeah. I hate I hate that because there's literally a TV show called The First Forty Eight mm -hmm. Hours, and it's literally about the fact that that is the most important time to try to find somebody. Right. And the fact that race in any way can and does definitely does play into the way people are, are looked for and cared yeah. about and talked about in the media is just wrong. Um, and they took this girl um, who by no means was what they painted her. And they said because of her skin color, she was in downtown East St. Louis because she was drug dealing or selling her body or, or a runaway. Right. Because you, you can't possibly be a black person in America and be um, a good member of society. That exactly right? is you how have, they looked at it. You have to be doing something bad. Yep. That's awful. Yeah. Because, I mean, you and I have both, you know, we've both known a lot of black people and things like that. And almost, like, I can't think of one black person that I've met that I've thought that about. Right. Like, and there's just some, like, some of the people that I've met, I'm like, I couldn't, 
farthest from it. I couldn't picture you doing that. I could not <laughs> picture you in that situation. And there are people, but there's also white there, people yeah, and right. Hispanic I've, people I've and met, all of all races. I've met so many white people that I'm like, you sell drugs. <laughs> exactly. You 100% are in East St. Louis. You're <laughs> dealing drugs. You are like, you're the problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like this whole profiling thing is just infuriating yeah. i will stop before i go too much further and keep going on a rant but like yeah. it's stupid and that's one thing that goldia got very right what in this case was she, she kept her safe like she kept yeah. her you know like we talked about the path she was mm -hmm. had her on a path where that wasn't part of her life right and Goldia, I'm sure, had been discriminated against. I'm yeah. sure people had looked at her I, I, and judged her for her color. It's sad, but I, I came to the realization not that long ago. But, but it was probably more than a little bit ago. But if you are black, you've been discriminated against. Yeah. Like, it's just like... It's just a thing. It, it's, it's not have you been, it's you have been. Mm -hmm. It's just how much. Right. And that is awful. It is. So when you said Goldia, you're sure she's been discriminated against? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad that we have to be so sure that just because of her race, she was already discriminated against at some point. Mm -hmm. And you have to look at the person. And Phoenix was not that. Yeah, she was she not, was not supposed all. to be in East St. Louis at this time. And yeah, I mean, she could have drove there. Absolutely. But there was a reason she did so. Right. Um, and they didn't look at that at all. They just said, oh, well, she was doing something bad. So and just kind of swept her case under the rug, even if she was drug dealing, even if she was selling her body. This is a person. This was a young girl. Yeah. Why aren't you putting more effort into finding her? And why is the this media is not talking about it more? Oh, yeah. Like, because that's that, insane. That's the whole missing white woman syndrome thing. right? Yes. Like it's when a black female goes missing she does not get the same attention as a white female mm -hmm. um a black male goes missing he doesn't get the same attention as a white male right um it it's it needs to change and i know that was when you started this channel that's one of the things you wanted to change is you wanted to at least put your voice out mm -hmm. for people who are missing right and get their stories out mm-hmm um, the biggest thing in this case was that car. There was, I mean, so much evidence in this evidence. car. And you had it sit in a lot for two weeks. And then the police claimed they processed the car when they took it to the tow lot. But they're processing it as an abandoned car. They're not po processing it as a crime scene. Surely they just stepped all over evidence then. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, they took photos and determined there was no robbery that took place. At so, that point, they were probably sitting there figuring, like, oh, at what point do we get to auction this thing off? Right. Yeah. So they immediately said there was no robbery. Um, they also tracked her movements through GPS coordinates, um, and they didn't find much. Um, basically said she drove there. But still, the, having that information right away would have been so helpful. Yes. You're missing so much valuable time. Yeah. Um, they failed to canvas the neighborhood or ask any friends or any relatives any questions. They didn't even ask her dad when she left. I mean, there was no canvassing, no questions, nothing. So I, I've, I've thought about this kind of thing 
I almost think, and I know that this isn't something everybody can do, but I feel like, I feel like when you go to police, I feel like you almost need to start getting a private investigator too now. And it's sad, but like, especially if you're a person of color, especially if you're a person of color, I I don't trust the, the, um, the police, police and the anybody to do it for you because you have to do it yourself. So, I mean, <clears throat> the reason why I say that is if you have a private investigator, they are your, they are focused on your case. Right. It is, as far as I know, it is one case at a time for them. They are, or at least you should find one that this is their only case at this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're not everywhere. Like, I'm sure it's it's not super easy to find it, but try at least. And if you can get, and this is not saying Goldia did anything wrong, because this is not, nobody does this. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be good if people start doing it, because that private investigator, that is their day. Right. Is finding, and so is yours, but that's their, what they do their whole day, every day. Mm-hmm. Trying to find people. Yeah. So... I think hiring a private investigator, um, hopefully nobody that's listening has to deal with that. Right. But if you do, that might be a good step to start doing because then you have your point of contact that is only focused on your case. Right. Um, So you also have the media getting (laughs) told, okay, this headline of this black girl went missing in East St. Louis. No one's going to buy the story. No one's going to print the story. No one's going to read the story because no one gives a fuck. And it's, yeah, the way it's getting told to them, they're basically saying, okay, we don't care. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's partly our problem because we consume white girls going missing more than we consume black girls going missing. I don't even know. I mean, yes, it is, but I kind of... I kind of almost feel that's wrong too. I on the YouTube algorithm, I feel mm-hmm. like yes, that is our problem. Yeah. On the news cycle, though, I don't know that we get the option. Yeah, we don't. There's, there's no. You're it's right. It's not like there's two stories side by side and people are changing the channel. That the black person story is not put out there. Yeah. It is not there as an option to consume. Mm-hmm. So I. I blame the media in that situation. YouTube algorithms, that's us, right? Yeah. Like we should be going out and if we care, we should be trying to find this. So you, you did, mm-hmm. you went out and tried to find, you know, cases in the area, things like that. And then when you found out about Phoenix, you look further into it. Right. Not saying everybody has to dig this deep, but I mean, that is part of why I think the algorithm does what it does is, we need to be looking more. Right. So, I mean, that's, it's a huge part of this case, but there's a lot of other things. And I mean, this story, like many other stories, has a very complicated undertone. There are many twists, many turns, many dead ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and race is just involved in a little bit of it. So, Let's talk about way more into Phoenix than you'll yeah. probably ever want to know. And I, I got got heated there, so I, I know, got no, a no. Off. no, I mean it's good that we got heated, but right. I'm just saying, like, um, <laughs> you're like that's just a piece of it, and I'm like, yeah, I I got pretty hyper focused on that piece, but I was angry. I mean, it's important too. <laughs> it, it is. Um, it is. Yeah, I just you're just saying yeah. it's one of the pieces, right? There's a lot in this. So Phoenix's car is one of those things that has two sides to every story, right? Mm -hmm. 
So now if you remember, Goldia told us that the car was parked in the road, keys in the ignition, door open. Well, in the docuseries I watched, um, and I will link it below because, I mean, it's worth watching. Um, they talked to the responding officer on that case. Um, he was the one that found the car. He describes it very different. He describes the scene very different. He said he almost wondered if the car had run out of gas. He said he didn't see any purse or anything in the car. He said the ignition was not running. The keys were not in the car and it was parked at a stop sign. He said there was no signs of a struggle, just an abandoned car. When they questioned this, Phoenix's parents said someone told them that, but they're not sure who. Mm. So I was really focused on this because I was like, who's telling the truth? Who's telling a lie? Da, 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 da. I'm curious what the, and you may have this, I'm curious what the police report was to you. Right. And the police report was that it was just an abandoned car. Um, and in the police report, it says the engine was not running. Keys were not in the car. It was parked at a stop sign. Okay. So we do have that as what was in the police report. Still, we still don't want to discount Goldia's. Right. Because, it, you know, we know the police reports aren't always as they seem. Right. I don't know why it would be altered in this case. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. This is what I kind of came up with as my theory. Because... We don't know who told Phoenix's parents that. We don't know if Goldia made that up. But what I do know is that you're dealing with a desperate mother who, if you put yourself in her position, no one's picking this up in the media. No one's, the police isn't listening to you because it's a black girl who went missing in East St. Louis. Mm -hmm. What could you do to make them pay attention to you? Make the scene just a little bit different. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Goldia did this. And I'm not saying that, you know. I mean, it makes sense. Who's right or who's wrong. But I think a lot of this was Goldia was not getting justice for her daughter. And as a mother. She wasn't getting traction, basically. Right. As a mother, you do anything you can to say, hey, this is not right. Right. Because she knew Gold or she knew Phoenix, but no one else did. They saw a black girl in East St. Louis. Yeah. They did not see what Goldia saw. And how helpless of a feeling is that, I'm sure, right. as a mother. Yeah. Oh, it just it makes me mad. Yeah. Because I probably would have done the same thing as Goldia did. I mean, what, whatever to be it honest, takes. whatever it takes to have them pay attention to this is not your daughter. Yeah. What you're thinking is not because perception. so many times in those cases, you know, again, the missing white woman's uh, syndrome, look how quick we found um, Gabby Petillo. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not saying that. And even her parents said that this should be done to all cases. Right. Um, but because so many people were focused on that case, she was found quick. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, it was a bad ending. But when you have that many people paying attention to a case, mm-hmm. you have that many people, that many more people out there looking for, looking for just any information. Mm-hmm. It just gets solved so much faster. It really does. Um, so this is something that I've seen and I've read a lot on. Um, and Phoenix's car was a black 1998 Chevy Blazer. This is what's confusing to me. Um, the responding officer like could have lied 
and just seen an abandoned car. Right. Um, but the parents could have also lied too. So this part, like her car, just doesn't make sense doesn't to me. Quite add up. Nothing makes sense. Right I don't there. see. I think your your theory makes the most sense to me because I don't see why the police would have lied about an abandoned car. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the only. Only thing I see that they have to gain out of that is maybe if they thought it was more police work, right? Like it was more There's paperwork. Being lazy. Yeah, which I mean, happens. Well, and you say being lazy, and it very well could be it. But also, like you think about, you know, how many cases there are in East St. Louis. They're probably not wanting to add to the list, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're probably like, okay, look, we already got, you know, we're already overworked. We already have too many cases. We don't want another one. Right. Um, not saying that's right, but yeah, you got to imagine the cases are piled up at East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So Phoenix is a very complicated person. You see this girl that d- did live a double life. Throughout the years, things were uncovered to the point that Phoenix was doing things that her parents didn't know about. Right. Which, I mean, she's... Every kid does. Right. It's fine. Um she she had the right to do a lot of things she was a grown adult but this does make the mystery a little bit deeper because things that she this could have been kind of added fuel to the fire if you mm-hmm. i say that um she dropped out of school and didn't tell anyone um not even some of her closest friends right um she had at least one extra phone that was not in her mother's name which like, I kind of understand. <laughs> it was a, like, didn't want her mom seeing the phone bill, basically. Right, seeing the phone bill, seeing who she's talking to, seeing those text messages and those calls. Like, right. Yeah. Because you have a lot of access when you're the person who is the, um, who's got the phones under their name. Right. You have a lot of access to call records, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was definitely hiding things from her mother. One of the big reasons she had another phone is that she was still having a relationship with a man named Michael. Mm-hmm. This was her boyfriend at the time. Right. Um, while away at college, her mother didn't know that <laughs> she was dating. Um, they were strict, they were religious, and they did not improve, approve of this. Michael also lived with her for a short time. Okay, so I'm confused there, right? Yep. So... <laughs> Yeah, li- living with somebody I get is against a lot of religious values, but mm-hmm. dating? Like, how are you supposed to eventually get married to somebody if you don't date them? <laughs> you gotta get married before you date them, Drew. <laughs> yeah, is it, are we just talking arranged marriages here? What, what? Like, you have to at least date somebody, you know, like, you can't just... Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, what exactly they were expecting there. Maybe they're just, she was worried about them being upset about the living together thing. Maybe she just, maybe he was not religious. And mm-hmm. they, she knew they wouldn't like that. Right. Um, and like I said, her mother confessed that she had went through apartments and checked for signs <laughs> that a man was there right. and never you found said, any. You said medicine cabinets, closets, closets all that. Yeah. And I mean, Phoenix, she cleaned up. That girl knew what she was doing. She said, my mom's coming. Get your shit and get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, she never found a sign that this boyfriend ever lived with her, but come to find out, he did. Which probably came from the boyfriend, I'm assuming. Actually, or talking about friends it. that knew something right. happened yeah. there. Um, this boyfriend uh, said he, he didn't remember talking to her on that day. She disappeared. 
Um, but phone records show that they talked for over an hour. So something's weird there. Yeah. I mean, what about, what did they talk about? I mean, right. could have been nothing, could have been something. And that, to me, it's a weird thing to say I don't remember talking to somebody on the day they went missing. Right. Because, especially for an hour-long conversation. Like, if I, if I bumped into somebody <clears throat> at a gas station and then somebody told me that they went missing, maybe I... Even then, I'd probably remember because it's weird to bump into somebody at a gas station. Like, I not remembering on the day that somebody went missing is weird. Yeah. Um, he denies any involvement. Um, and the police have also said that he is 100% cleared. Now, I don't know how they cleared him, what they did, how they know. Don't know. If, <sighs> if a case is not solved, <laughs> no one should be 100% cleared ever. I agree with that. You can say you can say ninety five percent clear. You can say ninety nine percent clear. Whatever, but no. Unless you know, there who was did a, it? There was a case that I saw. Um, I so we talk about YouTubers we watch. I watch Philip DeFranco. There was a case on Philip DeFranco. This was in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, a Twitch streamer pre-recorded a stream. Okay. And posted the stream and while the stream was up on twitch so it was like it was live he actually murdered someone and that was his alibi i couldn't have done it because i was live on twitch but he wasn't that's a smart dude I hate the dude. <laughs> I hate I the mean, dude. I, I get that's that smart. it was. I mean, Please got, don't do that. We are he, not giving you well, advice. He, yeah, it's not advice because he got caught. Right, so, he got caught. I mean, but I, I, <laughs> if that guy can be live on Twitch and not be a hundred percent cleared, because they cleared him too. Yeah. It, because of that, no one is a hundred percent cleared. Yep. We need a shirt. No one is 100% clear. Yeah. Um, so, however, they 100% clear this Michael guy, but she was also talking to another Mike at the time. Um, this you know how people have, like, things for, like, certain, like, letter <laughs> names and stuff? Right. That's what it makes me think of. Like, I, I have a friend that only dated guys that was named with J names, I mm-hmm. think. Um, oh. Yeah. It's a bad I, omen. Yeah. Well, it's, just, it's, it's weird that that's a thing. Uh, anyways right so she was dating this other mike um did jealousy come into play here with the mics did I mike shouldn't, i shouldn't one? be laughing but i <laughs> picture like the spider-man meme where they're pointing at each other <laughs> yeah like, i'm mike i'm mike right did i mean this is a motive yeah i mean it does it does happen a lot in cases yeah, yeah. and jealousy um lover's triangle kind of thing Mm-hmm. But I mean, was she romantically involved with the other Mike? Or yes, don't so know? she was in, okay. ma- romantically, supposedly romantically involved with both Mikes, gotcha. Michael and Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although the the Mike guy, we say Michael and Mike. So Mike, I'm not going to remember which Mike's which. Uh, I know it doesn't come into play at okay. after this, but <laughs> there's um, not going to be a test, <laughs> right? There's yeah. not going to be a test. You're good. Um, so Mike is not a good guy. He is known for being very violent with women in the past. But oh, screw you, Mike. Right. But they believe that Mike was also not involved. So the police cleared both Mikes. Hey, They're good. like, both of them are good. Even though one of them's been beaten on women. They're just like, yeah, this is confusing. This yeah. is too, too much. Let's just get rid of the Mikes and say they're good. Right. 
So when it came to dating, her mother seemed to be very picky on what she wanted for her daughter. Like Not an abusive man named Mike. Yeah. Um, no one was good enough. She mentioned that she thinks Phoenix was having a little bit of like a racial crisis um, when it came to people she was letting into her life. This is from Goldia. What are, I, I assume you're going to talk about what that yes. means. Okay. So Goldia believes that she was picking men that were black and not very good for her because she was kind of having this in my white and my black conundrum in her own mind. Um, was, was, um, Phoenix was not mixed. Okay, she was black, but she so was raised with a lot of white people, with a lot of her. white people. Very like, like we said, she was very like, it's kind of the, so when you go yeah. to a school and you're the only person of color at the school, mm -hmm. it, it can be kind of, kind of confusing. Right. Um, yeah. I think this kind of sums Which it up. She, I she, guess she was homeschooled, but the things she was, the activities she was doing mm -hmm. in the area, it sounds like she was doing, she may not have had a lot of black, black friends. friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, Goldia thinks that in her, in Phoenix's mind, she may not have felt black enough for the black crowd. Like I'm not black enough to fit in, but I'm also yeah. not white enough to be in the white crowd. Um, Which I mean, I, I get that there's different cultures on both sides, mm -hmm. but I, I do wish, you know, both sides would be a little more accepting of like, Hey, you have a little different culture. That's fine. You mm -hmm. can hang out with us. Like you can be part of our crowd. Like, I feel like we shouldn't push people out of, <laughs> you know, like Phoenix in this situation, if she's pushed out of both crowds and she was just stuck in the middle, that's a sad mm -hmm. thing to happen to somebody. And I'll be completely honest here. Um, I, I don't know what slack I'm going to get for this, but that's okay. I'm going to be honest. I think that Goldia had a little bit of a bias too, because I think she wanted her daughter to be involved more with the white crowd because she viewed the black crowd as having more of an issue. Well, and for her daughter, I don't know if you don't know. Wait, we don't want to say this person's name. Mm -hmm. you you know this person very well <laughs> you know who i'm talking about yes, already i do i will not say this person's name mm -hmm. but we both know a black person that actually has very negative views of the black community mm -hmm. and would prefer to associate with the white community even though he is black mm -hmm. um i just gave away the gender so i'm more than That's I fine. wanted to narrow down, um, <laughs> but it's a thing. It is. It is a. It's a thing. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the main thing I wanted to say is it's not. It, it's it's almost. It, it kind of happens with white people too, right? Like white people, a lot of times will be like, "Man, like black people are so cool." Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I think they are. I I think everybody's cool, but I mean, like. Their culture is awesome. Their culture is amazing. Yeah. The, you know, like so many things <laughs> that, you know, you go watch like 90s hip hop and stuff like that and how that evolved and stuff. You're just kind of like, man, that's just so cool. Mm -hmm. And like how they changed, like, it's even being a fan of basketball, it's, they changed like the shorts. Like mm -hmm. when, <laughs> before I got into basketball, when I was a, a young kid, the shorts were short. Like I was not, 
I'm I'm a little older, but I'm not short, short old. I remember so, Fab Five, baggy shorts. That was me too. Like, oh okay. I I was the baggy shorts there. I was not the short shorts there, and I am still about the baggy shorts. I am right. not. I'm not wearing those short shorts, and then the short shorts are coming back. But like, it was a cultural <laughs> thing, though, really, because like the Fab Five were five black athletes. Uh huh. And they did something that no one else was doing in wearing long baggy shorts. Mm. And then all of a sudden, everybody goes, that's awesome. That's cool. I want to do that. They look so cool doing that. Right. Um, that's where I'm kind of talking about, like, you I know, gotcha. some, sometimes people want to be part of other cultures just because they think it's cool or they think it's better or they think it's right. Like, it's, it's actually fairly common both directions. Right. I think that Goldia had some prejudice there. I think she wanted for her daughter to be straight-laced and on the straight and narrow. And I think she thought if she gets mixed up in this crowd, she's not going to be. Yeah. Which, and that's very sad. Um, she may have also thought in situations like this. Like a lot of a lot of people of color are worried about how law enforcement would treat them. Yeah. And... I think there's also a perception that if you are, if you either are more white or act more white, that maybe you would get better treatment from the police. Right. So. Yeah. There's just so much to race. That's. It's such race a deep, and law such a deep, is so deep. Deep, painful conversation. It really is. Um, but back to Phoenix. In March uh, 2012, Goldia said that Phoenix was sitting in her car. Um, the day before she left and a green sedan pulled up behind her, a black man with dreadlocks and a skull cap got out and into the car with Phoenix. Other people were in the car and waited while the two talked. Then a man called Phoenix's parents in 2012 and claimed to know where she was and that she was in Texas. So I think I got my dates mixed up. So let's go back here. So yeah, this confused. I'm like, how she get to Texas? Right. Okay. So in 2000, March 2011. So oh, this okay. was before. This was a couple of years before, I guess. No, this was a little bit oh, before. A couple of days. Case. Right. A yeah. couple of days before Phoenix went missing, that green sedan pulled up. A black man with dreadlocks and a skull cap got out and got in the car with Phoenix. Mm -hmm. um, Goldia was like, "This, there's something weird with that. Um, in 2012. So this is the year after she went missing. A man called Phoenix's parents and said she is in Texas. Um, however, later the man said he was making the whole thing up. Um, chasing down this lead cost the family so much money they had their house foreclosed on. Oh, my gosh. So this guy called, said, I know Phoenix is in Texas. They went, they hired private investigators, tried to track her down in Texas, spent so much money trying to track her down. That the house was. I'm curious who called too, because I feel like he's intentionally misleading. If that's the yeah, case, yeah, and I feel like he should have gotten gotten in trouble for it. In yeah. Trouble for that, like an obstruction um, of justice or something. I don't know. Right, but however, it said he said he was making it up. Um, with all these things, and there's many theories of what happened. One theory is that Phoenix was sex trafficked. She um, did say that was by that highway. Yep. Um, <clears throat> this is a theory that still could be very true um phoenix's car seems like it definitely could have been taken to that place mm -hmm. or planted there um 
there was also a few years back that Phoenix's picture was found on an escort site. Mm. Um, when it looked more into the picture, it seemed that it was taken off of her um, missing person's oh, flyer oh and put on an escort site. Wow. Which That's awful. is terrible. Why would, I don't know why they would do that if they didn't have her, though, because, like, wouldn't they be saying, like, if it was on a site like that, wouldn't they be trying to see if you wanted to hire that person? And yeah. then would they just be saying, oh, she's not actually here? Like, right. Um, oh, I would, I don't know. Maybe why they to would get do that. somebody because she was gorgeous. Maybe they thought it would get traffic. And, and then, then they would they just, just say, like, she's not here or show up somebody different. Um, I just, that's weird to me that they would do that without, like, her actually being there. But mm -hmm. I mean, you're right. It, it could be. Yeah. Um, she still could be out there and being sex trafficked. Um, but investigators haven't learned much from a lot of that. So this, this is something I want to point out because we've talked about this before. We talk about sex workers, right? Mm -hmm. And we've talked about how people shouldn't disrespect them. I think this is a perfect example to think about. Mm -hmm. Not saying that Phoenix is out there being sex trafficked because we don't know but let's say that she is and she's forced to be doing this against her will mm -hmm. and all these cases we've heard where people are like oh a sex worker got murdered we don't care right think about phoenix in this situation in the fact that she's not doing it by choice if she was doing that yeah she's being forced into it mm -hmm. and that we could have covered a case where they didn't even identify the victim because they go, oh, it was just a sex worker. Mm -hmm. But it could have been Phoenix. Yep. And she could have not wanted to be there. And it happened. Right. That's why you can't just say, oh, they're a sex worker. They deserve this. Or it's because of what they're doing. Because when you're sex trafficked, you don't get a choice. That yep. is not an option that you just opt out. Mm -hmm. Um. People think that sex trafficking could be the major possibility because it seems like she was just plucked from that car. Um, yeah. Especially if the door was open. It seemed like someone it got does. her it to pull like, over. Yeah, it feels like she was taken out of the car. Yep. And then just they got on that highway and they're gone. They could be anywhere. Yeah. They could be in Texas. They could be in California. It doesn't, right. I mean, who knows? Um, so that's like a big possibility. Um, they also lead to abduction and homicide could be, um, that she was taken and murdered and mm. we just don't, we haven't found her body. Um, that's still out there. Um, right. but what's interesting with this is there's been sightings of her. Um, there's like been a couple of people say that they've seen Phoenix somewhere. People right. that know her have said, I've seen Phoenix. It's very strange. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yes. And uh, she's not, like, a super, like, known face or anything, either. Well, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Right, that's the problem, we but yeah. I wish she was a known face where she, everybody, you know, you're, you say Phoenix and everybody's like, I know who that is. Like, that's mm -hmm. what, ideally, what that's what the family wants, is everybody to know Phoenix's face so that they see Phoenix that they're like, that's her. Mm -hmm. 
there was a, I don't know if I talk about it later. I might have to skip over that part in here, but um, there was a friend that said that she was on a plane and she looked up and she saw Phoenix and she said, Phoenix. And the girl said, you must be thinking of someone else Mm. and walked away. And she was with two men and they were all dressed very rich, basically. Mm. That's what she said. Um, But there's been sightings like this that have happened. Um, So another theory is that she ran away. Um, this I don't buy into very much because there's a lot of holes in this. You haven't said much to make me think that yet. Right. Uh, Maybe you've got something here, but. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it was not long before her disappearance that Phoenix moved back in with her parents. So that people are like, man, she wanted to get away from her parents, which. Well, if it was not that long after she got, after she moved back in with her parents, like, I don't know that, um. I that's think they're saying weird. like she spent a couple weeks with her parents. It was like, I can't do this, man. I can't do it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like you just move out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's logically, but maybe she felt like she couldn't. I mean, she was on her own and then moved back in. And then just to be like, nope, nope, I'm gone. Like, she she had right. the option to move out. Um, I don't feel like her parents were like, you have to stay with us. Yeah. This maybe is, they were, but I don't think so. Right. Seem like it. This is a very interesting little piece. Um, after her disappearance, it was um, it became known that Phoenix was taking money out of the safe in her parents' home that belonged to her parents. She was taking cash out of savings bonds. I shouldn't laugh, but it's kind of funny that like she's taking money. Like most stories, you hear kids taking money out of a purse, not out of a safe. So right. <laughs> they're like. Man, like, when did they, they, hopefully they just gave her the code to the safe. Otherwise, she's, like, bank robbing now or something. That's, <laughs> right. Maybe she's D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Um, so she was taking cash and cashing them out, and they were savings bonds. And they were under her name and her mother's name. So it was savings bonds that her mother had had, but... Got them for her, basically. Right. Yeah, but like didn't want of, her to cash, and she was like, "I'm gonna go a cash lot them. Of, a lot They're of, my money." A lot of them too. They'll do like you can't cash them until you're 18, which she's obviously over 18. But I'm guessing <laughs> maybe her mother was kind of holding them back so that she would spend it on the right things, kind of thing. Right. So she was stacking up cash. I mean, there's yeah. there's that. In the process of this, Phoenix found out that she had two birth certificates. That's weird. One as Phoenix Reeves and the other as Phoenix Cauldron. Because of this, she found out that her father was not her biological dad. That's a sad way to find that out. Very, very sad. Yeah. Um, and this could have set her off onto a path. Like, this could have, I mean... Yeah, it's hard, that's to, a say, big it's hard to say how that affects how you feel about things. That's mm-hmm. That could change a lot. Yep. This also could have given her a way out. She has a different identity now. Yeah, two identities. She could be going by Phoenix Reeves. Um, which that lead ran down someone named Phoenix Reeves that was in Anchorage, Alaska. This well, person that's where we thought Laura Murray went, but no, we just thought Canada. So <laughs> um, this Phoenix Reeves appeared in Anchorage, Alaska two weeks after the disappearance. And then disappears again six months later. I really hope she just ran off on her own and has a good time in Alaska. Right. Um, This is just an address and a name tied to an address. In the documentary, they try to go to Alaska and track her down. And people are like, 
We don't know what you're talking about, bro. Get off her lawn. <laughs> Do people not realize how big Alaska is? I don't think people realize how documentaries don't need to be going into people's houses. But whatever. Well, that and like... <laughs> that and just how weird it is to like go try to track somebody down and you don't have any leads. And you're just like, I just need the content, so I'm just going to go ask this dude on the street how he feels. <laughs> you know what? Someday... In the future, someone's going to pair what I just said with me going up to someone's door going, hey, I'm a documentary filmmaker. Can I get an interview? That's fine. <laughs> do it. Do, do it. as I say, not as I do. <laughs> well, I just to me, I'm, the stories I've heard about Alaska, like there's, there are highly populated areas of Alaska, but there are a lot of areas that are not highly populated. Mm -hmm. Um should be in the mountains somewhere with Mara Murray. There's a, there's a lot of indigenous people there too. Mm -hmm. um, for you know, um, Alaskan natives, and they, you, I, they, it's different in the fact that like kind of if you think of reservation life here in in the main part of the United States, um, how their cultures and their connective connectivity to the rest of society, it's there but they, they really keep onto their culture really heavily. Mm -hmm. um, and if she was there in one of those, you know, if they kind of brought her in as somebody, they're like, hey, we want to take care of you. Like, she probably wouldn't be super known to the outside world. Exactly. And then yeah. there's just a lot of snow. Right. <laughs> like, she could be just, like you said, out in the mountains and, you know, someplace in Alaska. Yep. Probably Sarah Palin's fault, right? Yeah, everything is. Um, friends say that Phoenix didn't want to be under her parents' control and that she was depressed. Um, she went from being controlled to being on her own to back home again. Um, her behavior had changed a lot in that little time. She was definitely sad. Yeah. And there's this video she took of herself and they play it on the documentary clips of it. Um, and her eyes just look so sad. She just looks sad. And she says, you know, I need to get out of here and I need a change and I need, you know, she's kind right. of like self, self diary type of thing. Yeah. Just vlog. Like or day, vlog. Yeah. yeah like and day in the life kind of thing almost. She just looks run down. Video diary, I guess. And tired and it just, it's sad. Yeah. Um, people theorize that she could have gotten mixed up with the wrong people and it just went further than she thought it was going to be. Um, now, according to the police in the docu-series that I watched, if Phoenix is alive and well, police have to put eyes on her and have some kind of ID for her to basically say the case is closed. Right. Um, they could or could not tell the parents. They don't have to. If, like, That's Phoenix weird. says, I don't want you to tell my mom... They cannot yeah, tell her, but true. then if they if they close the case, she's gonna know. Yeah, because she's yeah she's gonna find that out. Right. But I um, guess they don't have to tell her where they found her. Yep. Um. But Phoenix, if you're out there, I mean, you don't have to tell where yeah. you are. You can just say, just "I'm doing, okay." We just hope you're doing good. Right. That's honestly. all I hope for. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all you can really hope for in any case. Right. With her running away, I feel like it's odd timing. Um, she's kind of up and leaves. She doesn't go in for her purse I'm or money. How, or... I'm curious how far apart finding the birth certificate and the disappearance was because mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> that very well could, that that makes me think like there's a chance that that had something to do with things in terms of at least her like you know her um mental state like you're saying she seemed depressed i mean i feel like anybody be depressed if you find out like something you've always believed is actually not true mm-hmm. like that big of a thing yeah it, it does seem like that would be hard um but I mean, would she run away forever for that? I mean, I guess it's possible. Yeah. I want to know who she was on the phone with. And I want to know if she was on the phone with anybody when she went and disappeared. Here's here's an out there theory, right? This one's Lay it on me. Pretty far out there. What if she was searching for her real father? And that's maybe where she contacted some bad people or even went to East St. Louis trying to figure out who her real father was. That's absolutely put a bend, and you know maybe Goldia doesn't want that revealed either. Yeah, which I mean, I don't. You know, like you, it's hard to search for your real parent. I'm sure, mm-hmm. and she could have been. You said what? Did you say her 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 original birth certificate's name was Reeves. Mm-hmm. So, like, you think of how many people have the last name Reeves? A lot of people, and she's trying to trace down which Reeves might be her dad. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. That's definitely a good theory. That's a very good theory. I I hope it's not. I like the theory of her getting away and living her own life better, but... Yep. So, please write in the comments what you think (laughs) happened to Phoenix. Um, That's pretty much all that we have. She left, she disappeared, and we cannot find her. Um... I guess this story is somehow kind of related to a story of a woman named Stacy English. No, I'm going to look that up. Familiar. I might cover that if there's you know enough uh, to do so. But we don't really know what happened to Phoenix. And her case has definitely gotten more tra- like traction now because there is this pushback of white woman syndrome white woman missing syndrome and her case has gotten a little bit more i shouldn't be laughing but i feel like white woman syndrome is like just like having an addiction to starbucks and <laughs> right. missing oh. white woman syndrome is different right yeah that's different very different syndromes. yeah um <laughs> you're right i have an addiction to little fluffy dogs and shopping and whipped cream on the copy <laughs> I'm not sure what you were going to say. Whipped cream was on. Uh, <laughs> Your mind's in the gutter. Get it out. is. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, so please write in the comments what you think happened to Phoenix. Um, your take on the racial part of this. Um, if you have any pushback to what we've said, I want your opinions because I am white. I don't know a yeah. lot of things either from perspective. So and this should be a discussion and it, it yeah. really should be an education. Like I may have, I've, you know, I've been thinking about this after I kind of went off there and I'm like, I being a white person, I may not know. That's just my perspective on it. And I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with being educated on it. I actually opportunities to be educated on it, I think are important. So right. if I, if in my rant, I said something that's not right, please educate me. Like I, I want mm-hmm. to know, I don't want to continue saying something that's, you know, uh, uneducated, just, um, lack of a better term, ignorant, 
you know, I mean, ignorance is the fact that you just don't, you don't know something and you're saying it to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, correct me if I, if I misspoke, if I'm, you know, if I am being ignorant at any point and I would definitely be okay with the learning opportunity. Me as well. Um, anything I, I say or, or do. Yes, Cause yes. The, the whole point of this and both of us, we <clears throat> we want to not have any disconnect between all of the communities, like persons of color, LGBTQ plus, um, just all, any different community, any different background. Like the, the point in all of this is it's, we're all human beings and we're Mm -hmm. trying to treat all human beings and cases and everything equally. Mm -hmm. And I think for that to happen, the more we know to really understand each community, the better. Absolutely. So thank you guys for listening. Um, Please get this case out there more because Phoenix is still missing since 2011. And I'm sure you're going to have, find her. I'm sure you're going to have some links and pictures Mm -hmm. and stuff. So maybe this will help get Phoenix's picture out there. Maybe some of you guys have seen her. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, what is your advice to do on if somebody does see her, though? Do, I mean, I feel like you would want it at least reported to the police. But yeah, like, reported to the police. Um, I don't know how you know if Phoenix really <laughs> wants to be reported to the police or not. Like, True. I mean, I at least want the case to be closed. I want to know that she's, you know. Maybe just, I guess, check on her first and see, yeah. like, it, are you Phoenix? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then go from there. I mean... Maybe let her know that she doesn't have to. Um, like going to the police doesn't necessarily mean that her parents have to know where she is. So maybe that would make her more comfortable in getting the case closed. I right. mean, I don't know. I don't really have great advice there. I guess if you guys have advice in the chat or chat, the the comments, leave them there. And yep. um, yeah, and discuss there too. I mean, that's why we have forums is to discuss that stuff. So maybe you know a better way of handling that situation if you did run into Phoenix. But please keep an eye out for her. Right. And also, I've seen a lot online of hate against Coldia and Lawrence. And let's try to keep this helpful, not hurtful. Yeah. Um, Goldia has done some things that maybe you or I would have not done. But yeah. she also is missing her daughter. So let's keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I mean. Helpful, not hurtful is always a good thing. Right. Topic. Like, so you can say I disagree with her parenting style. Mm-hmm. But was her parenting style abusive? I don't think it got to where it was abusive. Right. Some people might argue that, like, she intruded on her life too much to be, like, that would be considered abusive but i don't think so like i don't think goldia and lawrence were abusive i think they meant well i think they meant well i think they had their way of raising their kid Mm -hmm. and i I think it's really you shouldn't criticize people of that right and i think like you said they really care about their daughter and they just want to know their daughter safe so yeah limit limit that stuff you can disagree with how they raised her and and things like that and say you you wouldn't have done it that way but don't hate on them because they miss their daughter and that's hard. Yep. And we will come at you with another video. Um, I'm working on a 
big one. I've kind of told Drew that that might be a four-parter. I don't know. We've already recorded for three hours today, so we're back. We are back with a vengeance, my friend. Yes, so. We are in your face. My throat hurts. Mine does, too. So I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can't talk anymore. I can't. This monster energy drink does not... <laughs> Does not make your throat not sore from talking too much. How many more negatives can I throw out? I don't know. But not, not, not. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Peace. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say I hope you enjoyed this video. If you like any of the content for Code 187, please click that subscribe button, that like button, that share button. Help us out. Help us grow. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. Um, yeah, check us out on there. Give us some ratings. Um, tell us what you think. We're also across every social media on Code187. So we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I think that's it. Um, and of course YouTube. So please, please, please subscribe um, if you like our content and spread the word. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.